0: Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code MAYFLOWERS, one word, to receive your discount. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code MAYFLOWERS. Thank you for your support. It's May 16th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning ukraine's air defense intercepted six hypersonic Kinzhal missiles fired by russia early tuesday ukrainian officials said if confirmed the strikes would be further evidence of ukraine's ability to shoot down one of the most sophisticated conventional weapons in moscow's arsenal in one of the largest aerial assaults since early march Russia also launched nine caliber cruise missiles from ships in the Black Sea, three short-range ballistic missiles from land, and a number of drones, according to the commander-in-chief of Ukraine's armed forces. All of the drones and missiles were shot down, the military said. It was not immediately clear how many of them were aimed at the capital, Kyiv, which local officials said was targeted overnight with an exceptional blitz of missiles and drones. The skies over Kyiv lit up around 3 a.m. with thunderous explosions as air defenses collided with the incoming missiles, raining debris across the city. According to the AP, Turkish voters will head back to the polls in two weeks for a runoff election to decide if conservative President Recep Tayyip Erdogan or his main rival will lead a country struggling with sky high inflation as it plays a key role in NATO expansion and in the Middle East. The May 28th second round of presidential elections that election officials announced Monday will allow Turkey to decide if the nation remains under the increasingly authoritarian president for a third decade, or if it can embark on the more democratic course that Kemal Kilik Daroglu has claimed he can deliver. As in previous years, the nationalist Erdogan led a highly divisive campaign, he portrayed Kilik Daruglou, who had received the backing of the country's pro-Kurdish party, of colluding with terrorists, and of supporting what he called deviant LGBTQ rights. As a devout leader of the predominantly Muslim country, which was founded on secular principles, Erdogan has had the backing of conservative voters and has courted more Islamists with his anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. In a bid to woo voters hit hard by inflation, he increased wages and pensions and subsidized electricity and gas bills while showcasing Turkey's homegrown defense industry and infrastructure projects. Some voters said the results announced Monday should strengthen Turkish democracy by reminding Erdogan of the importance of convincing voters. CNN reports that Special Counsel John Durham has released his final report on Monday in which he casts doubt about the FBI's decision to launch a full investigation into connections between Donald Trump's campaign and Russia during the 2016 election. The 300-plus page report sharply criticizes the FBI and Justice Department throughout, but does not recommend any new charges against individuals or any wholesale changes to the way politically sensitive investigations are handled. The report does not ultimately fulfill the expectations set by former President Trump and his allies, who have long claimed that it would prove the FBI's investigation was nothing more than a political witch hunt. Visit the link in the show notes for CNN's five key takeaways from the report. Elsewhere, according to Politico, Britain will be ready to train Ukrainian pilots to use Western fighter jets relatively soon, but supplying Ukraine with the warplanes it craves is not a straightforward thing, UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said Monday. Speaking to broadcasters along Vladimir Zelensky following talks with the Ukrainian president at his Chequers country retreat, Sunak said Britain would continue to play a key part in the Western coalition providing aid to Kyiv. The Ukrainian president confirmed the pair discussed the provision of fighter jets, a crucial Kyiv demand from Western allies. Zelensky was at pains to stress his gratitude to Sunak, praising the very important UK government for the support it has provided his conflict-hit country. Sunak tweeted a picture of himself embracing the Ukrainian president as he arrived for face-to-face talks Monday morning. Al Jazeera reports that Sudanese capital Khartoum has been turned into a desolate war zone by a month of fierce fighting between the army and the paramilitary rapid support forces. Shaken families have been huddling at home, with civilian houses becoming the collateral damage in the gun battles raging on the streets. Residents of Khartoum have endured weeks of desperate food shortages, power blackouts, communications outages, And runaway inflation. Before the fighting erupted on April 15th, the city of 5 million was considered a place of relative stability, but now shelling and air attacks are witnessed frequently. Nearly a million people have been displaced by the conflict, many of them taking shelter in Port Sudan about 500 miles away. Visit the link in the show notes to read and view more. According to Reuters, China's April industrial output and retail sales growth undershot forecasts suggesting the economy lost momentum at the beginning of the second quarter and intensifying pressure on policymakers to shore up a wobbly post-COVID recovery. Tuesday's batch of data, which also showed a further decline in property investment, Adds to concerns about the outlook for the world's second largest economy as both its domestic and export engines of growth remain underpowered. Industrial output grew 5.6% in April from a year earlier, accelerating from the 3.9% pace seen in March, data released by the National Bureau of Statistics showed. It was well below the expectations for a 10.9% increase in a Reuters poll of analysts although it marked the quickest growth rate since September 2022. Retail sales, a gauge of consumption, jumped 18.4%, up sharply from a 10.6% increase in March for their fastest increase since March 2021. Analysts had expected 21% growth. In lighter news from the UPI, Joseph DeTuri, a University of South Florida associate professor Broke a world record for the longest time living underwater Saturday when he marked his 74th day at Jules Undersea Lodge in Key Largo. Dubbed Project Neptune, Dittori's undersea adventure began March 1st as a mission of the Marine Resource Development Foundation combining research and ocean conservation outreach. On Saturday, He broke the previous world record for living underwater of 73 days set in 2014 by two professors from Tennessee. Along with raising awareness of marine research and conservation, Project Neptune is studying the psychological and physiological effects of compression on the human body. If you have a strange but true story that you'd like to share, please email us at podcasts at the dsrnetwork.com. The story should come from a reputable news source and be verifiable. If we use the story, we'll include a shout-out to the person who sent it. That's all the news I have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at dsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune into to our sister podcasts on the DSR network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.